Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. So just now, before service, during the rehearsal, I think some of our members were very, very high in spirit because I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. And then some of us are a bit low because we had a long sa Saturday yesterday in church itself. But I think that's the beauty of FCC itself, that I think... There's a diverse group of people, and this diversity is created by God. So no matter at this moment, whether your spirits are high, and you're here to share your high energy with everyone, or you're here to just seek solace, just may we come together and worship God together with a call to worship. Drawn by God's presence, we, we gather. gather. Inspired by God's spirit, we, we worship. worship. Empowered by God's grace, we live. We are community. Embraced, embraced by, by the mystery of God's love for all creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ. The, the light, light that, that shines in every time, every, time, every place, place, and, and every, every life. life. Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that brings meaning to life and help us face the issues of the day. Together, we strive to live with loving hearts, open minds and hands extended to all. Welcome home. Amen. Now let's join the worship team together in a time of worshipping together. So you may stand, you may sit, you may clap, you may sing out loud. Let's just worship God in whatever fashion you want to.
Yeah, we are having a slight internet that currently no song online. So thank you for those who are on site who can sing the song together with us. Online or probably just seeing a video with no songs. So while we wait for the team to try and restart and rescue the broadcast service, uh, I don't know how to do a stand-up Anyway, uh, I hope you I, I hope you guys had a great holy week last week. But I think as as the Christian calendar goes into the Easter season and it's supposed to be a to me a season of hope and everything, the only thing I can think of is how fast time flies. I mean Q one of twenty twenty three is really gone and I think for the past few years with COVID we really do not know how, you know, I, I do not know whether time has stopped for you or time has flown for you. But it's just like everything passed by in a blur. But the interesting about, the, the thing about living in Singapore is that because there's no seasons of change, so sometimes the years and the months just fly by. But if you, are, if you come from a temperate country, then it's very easy when you know there's autumn and winter and spring to signify uh, the change, the change in the years, but I think for all of us, even in our Christian journey, in our Christian walk, that though we are supposed to grow from babies to adults and all those, but when we look back into our journey, sometimes we don't see our growth. It just seems like maybe some of us are stuck. Maybe we feel that some of us feels that we have already moved beyond our faith, and therefore the People going to church has actually uh, dropped by a significant number. But I always believe God calls us to be a community, that we don't live in a silo. I mean, we can all say that, hey, I can practice my own faith just by myself. I can practice faith in the secular world. I can practice faith in my relationships. I don't have to practice my faith in a church. But the significance of coming together, I think, in a church, as a church community, is that we can each be a support to each other, that when some of us are down, those of us who have strength, we can lift up each other. And when some of us are high or, or some of us are, 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 yeah, no matter what stages of life you are at, and when, if and when you have been helped by the church before, by the faith community before, we hope that you continue to stay with us and lend a helping hand to others who might need your support. <sighs> so, is the production team ready to start the second worship song? Five, four, three, two, one. No, that's just a whole, whole, whole. Okay. So, okay. So, what we'll do now is we'll just switch a bit of the sequence and we'll invite Jonathan to come up and do the corporate prayer for us first.
Uh, Jonathan, you can proceed. Okay, right. Good morning, everyone. Let us now pray. Glorious God of all, you are the giver of new life, and you are the one to whom we owe each breath. You are the reason for our hope. Send your enlivening spirit to be present with us as we come close to you, seeking your light to see what has been revealed and to seek your warmth to set hearts aglow with your love, seeking your truth that we might trust. And as we proclaim the Easter gospel, that in you is life which conquers death and makes us anew. Merciful God, we confess that too often we have lived lives of those not worthy to be called your children. Though you are light, we are preferred to lurk in shadows. Though you are truth, we have been made idols of lies and falsehood. Though you are love, we have been hard of heart. Too often, you show us the way, and we have wandered far off course. We therefore turn to you with repentant hearts and seek your forgiveness. We lay claim to your promise and pray that you will transform us to make us and to live as your children. And by word, thought, and deed, we might lead lives worthy of subjects within your kingdom of love, peace, and mercy. We thank you for the faith to believe that which we have not seen, and for your mercy upon us as we clumsily grasp the significance of your love. We thank you for your sustaining strength as we try to lead lives which reflect your glory and for your ever-present spirit as our guide, helper, and advocate. With thankful hearts, we give you praise. Lord, we pray for all people around the world in fear of violence, acts of war and destruction committed in the midst of peaceful civilian lives, where terror has a grip, where violence dominates. Lord, bring justice, bring peace. We pray for those who are of poor health. We pray for those known to us where poor health prevents full living, where pain is a daily reality, where frailty causes bodies to falter. Lord, give healing, give comfort, and give perseverance. We pray for those who mourn, those who mourn lives that have been lost, 
long lives well lived, which have come to an end, and lives which had still much promise and feel to us to have ended far, far too soon. We trust each life to you, saving God, and we trust that each soul finds its home in your internal love. But for those who mourn, who know any loss, give comfort, give reassurance, and give your gentle presence in the lives of us still living. We lift all these things to you now, offering the prayers of our own hearts, trusting them to you now as we pray in a moment of quietness. O oh Lord, in all our prayers, we pray, trusting in your sure and certain promise, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And all my will by your speed Shake my foundations till I come undone And let my walls fall to the ground Build my heart to face the sound And all my will but yours be done Shame my foundations till I come undone And let my walls fall to the ground Build my heart to face the sound of your voice Calling me to rise from the dead I hear your voice Calling me to trust you instead I hear your voice Calling me to move out in faith I hear your voice I hear your voice I have been here I'm whole again Face 
the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. On the road I'm marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you and every Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. Choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Good morning. Christ is risen. Uh, with the disruption just now that disrupted the flow of the worship, the energy level seems to be a bit. Christ is risen. The first thing I want to say is thank you for um, the production team. Right? Um, week in and week out, um, they pour a lot into this. And then sometimes there are hiccups and, you know, we, um, and there are disruption. And just now, something happened um, or a um, 
to the broadcast, so we didn't have any sound going out from um, the videos, right? Um, while, you know, the mic is fine, um, you know, uh, and Jonathan's prayer went through, it's just a video that didn't have sound. I'm very grateful for very creative ways that they found a solution, but unfortunately, um, they had to pump the sound through the, uh, the TV monitors instead of through the sound system here, so that the feed goes out into the online. And I want to thank the people here for stepping up and to lend your voices to the worship, right? I can hear you. And we step up in ways um, when something, there's a gap, we step up to that gap. And I'm very grateful uh, for how we do this as community. I'm very grateful too of how we react uh, when things don't go well or don't go our way. It is not um, like reacting in a negative way, but finding the path forward as a community um, and in our way, uh, in how we have grown to become like this, right? God has gui guided us through a lot of hiccups, a lot of situations. We could like, how come like that one? How come, you know, the sun went off? How come, how come, how come? And, but instead, we have a different kind of ethos. And I think that's important. I think that ethos that is um, compassionate, understanding, welcoming, forgiving, that kind of openness is about who we are. And I want to thank all of you for leaning into that and growing to that. Because to be honest, we weren't like this all from the beginning. I remember how I used to be like. I would be one of those people going, how come not fixed yet? How many times did it, you know, how, how many times did it fail and no one addressed the solution, the root cause and everything? The reality is that we did try to address the root cause. I know, um, and still, things happen, right? We don't know, we will investigate and we'll try to, to address the issue. But again, again, technology shows us that, um, yeah, it, it can fail us. But I'm so grateful. Grateful because this shows us who we are. Now, as um, we have always done, we use Menti as um, part of developing the sermon together and hearing your voices too and your reflections too. So um, you can go to fcc.ly slash menti or you can um, um, you, uh, scan the QR code or you can go to menti and enter the code which is the more long-winded way. Um, I think that it's easier to just type um, fcc.ly slash menti and you get there. And I want to invite you to join in to reflect um, and to you know, think about the questions I ask and journey together. Let us pray. God, you are the God of resurrection and of life. And it is through death that we can see life. So may our hearts be open and may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. So, we enter into the liturgical season of Easter, the, fifth, the 50 days from Easter Sunday to Pentecost Sunday, and we are kicking 
of a new sermon arc, fully alive. And why fully alive? Because the reality is sometimes we are just half alive. Because sometimes we are half dead. And the difference between being fully alive and half alive isn't about the situations and circumstances we are in, isn't about the health conditions that we are in, but about something else. We can be in difficult times and challenging situations and things are not going well for us and yet we can still be fully alive. Maybe the sound system screwed up, but we can be fully alive, right? We can be at the top of our careers and everything is going for, for us. And yet, we feel a sense of emptiness. We feel that something is missing. We feel that we are only half alive. St. Irenaeus says, the glory of God is the human fully alive. But what does fully alive really mean? And I want to ask you, what do you think that fully alive means to you? The first question is, what does fully alive mean to you? Does it mean going out there and having the time of your life? Be present? Purposeful days? Wow, this one very... Eudaimonia or human flourishing. This one study theology one. Uh. Even I have not come across this word. But yes, human flourishing. Being alive to live life with meaning present in the present, obeying God, thriving and aware, let the past die and live, a God, live, and live a God-filled life, to live one's full purpose, being whole, full of energy, Jesus-centred and be present, heart, mind, body, all working, opening, enjoying, accepting each day as a blessing, living with purpose, answering God's call, being present, live in the present, ready to serve others, feeling connected. Thank you. I'm like, okay, you know, um, I'm very grateful of all the responses, you know, that you have reflected on. That, that's where we are at. Um, it almost feels like my sermon was, uh, doesn't have much to offer you because you already know what being fully alive is. It's not that, it's not carpe diem and seize the day. Being fully alive isn't about living life to the fullest of enjoyment in some way. I want to read a different translation, um, a slightly different translation of that line from St. Irenaeus, right? For the glory of God is a living man, very patriarchal, but this is written um, a few thousand years ago. So, and the life of man consists in beholding God. This is a sentence often not quoted, right? It's only the first part. For the glory of God is a living man or a human fully alive. But the second line is, the life of man consists in beholding God. For if the manifestation of God is made by means of the creation, affords life to all living in the earth, 
much more does the revelation of the Father, which comes through the Word, give life to those who see God. For the glory of God is the human fully alive, and the human life consists in beholding God. I often think about Lazarus when I come across this human fully alive, who Jesus raised from the dead in John chapter 11, the previous sermon series. Uh, both Pauline and I preached on, the res- uh, on raising La- Jesus raising Lazarus, but from different angles. But there's something about that narrative, right? What happened to Lazarus after that? There's no more account in the Bible. And there are different accounts of what happened, depends on which tradition you go to, whether it's the Eastern Orthodox or the Roman Catholic tradition. One says he fled to Cyprus and became the first bishop of Kition. Well, the other says he fled to Provence and became the first bishop, bishop of Marcel. But whatever happened to Lazarus thereafter, what can be applicable to us is the question, what happens to us? What do we do when we receive new life? We are all Lazarus. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. Sometimes we think, when we hear this, we think that Jesus is promising us a good life, that everything will go well for us, we will not be in want, we will have health and wealth. But that's not really what Jesus promised as have life to the full. Jesus also said, right, you know, if anyone come, wishes to come after me, they must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. And this is in all three of the synoptic Gospels, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke, and the Gospel of Matthew. Therefore, to be fully alive means putting our ego and our selfishness aside so that we are filled with God. And being filled with God means that we are filled with the gifts of the Spirit. Peace, patience, kindness, compassion, generosity, joy. Um, Many of you are not here earlier this morning when there was a lot of laughter um, with the folks, you know, um, who are part of the team um, today, the production team and, and um, communion and prayer, we had a lot of laughter. And I guess that that's... And Michael made a comment that um, it's not Pentecost yet. Why are we so, like, drunk, right? And, yeah, there was a sense of joy. I think that that's part of being alive. To be fully alive means that we are fully aligned with God's will. And to be fully alive means to be filled with God. And Jesus showed us what being fully alive is like. Dying to ourselves, our selfishness, emptying our ego to allow God to guide us so that through us, God can be seen. And that's why Lazarus was brought back to life. Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. It's for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. 
Last week, we heard stories of people who joined us as members and their experiences here in this church. I said that this space is like a cave, like the cave tomb that, where Jesus was buried and where Jesus rose from. And it is here that we encounter the risen Christ in different ways and we are brought back to life. So if we are brought back to life, my question to you today is, what do you think God brought you back to life for? What do you think that God brought you back to life for? It may not be an easy question to answer. You may not even know. And I guess that some of you will answer, I don't know. Maybe you, you haven't encountered that yet. Maybe you are just at the moment where you are like Lazarus stepping out of the tomb. It probably took a while more to get into that space to recognize and realize why God brought you back to life. A purpose to love, to make God proud. I want to know too, in all honesty, yes, this is the journey of discovering and covering it. And it's okay not to know yet. Perhaps it's constantly asking the question. Perhaps there's not just one answer. And in different seasons of our lives, there are different answers to that. In one season, you might recognize God's, because God's will for you in the different seasons might be different things. It's not just one thing to live a new life, to be the person God created me to be, to continue living as my late mom would have wished me to, yes. A life of ministry in non conventional, smaller ways, to walk with God so others can see what it is like to walk with God, yes. To truly live, to love to love and serve and make heaven on earth, yes. To be a vessel of love and grace. To bring me back to God so that I learn more of God. Be a tool to show the love in a world of hate, yes. To change people's lives. Accepting me as me, to be me in the world. To be a wounded healer, a bridge, yes. That's a very good metaphor to make a world a better place, to simply be evidence of God's goodness. Yes. To be try and be kind in a competitive society, to wake up to our divinity, the kingdom within, and glorify God. Thank you. Thank you for all your reflections. And for those of you who might be struggling and still thinking and trying to figure it out, that's okay. That's precisely the point. The journey is about uncovering, discovering, and asking, what is God bringing, why, why did God bring me back to life? What is it for? Because it is in asking these questions that we'll learn to live it out rather than taking it for granted and be in a constant state of slumber, not even aware or awakened to the fact that you are alive. Because not being aware is being half alive. Let me share with you what I think God brought me back to life for. Why do I say brought me back to life? Because I think 
in the past, I was angry, um, perhaps bitter. And if those of you who know me in my past life, you know me as a person who can use words to hurt you, very cutting ones. But now, I use words to affirm, to lift up, to heal, to weave together things so that love and light can be seen. What a great reversal of my life. Many of you will know of my passion for social justice. And over the years, I've heard feedback that sometimes I'm too focused on social justice and I've steered FCC too far into the justice, social justice work. And I used to react with a lot of indignation and anger. I could not understand how social justice work is seen like some church extracurricular activity. Something nice to have, something extra, but not something central to God's calling for the church. And here I'm referring to church with a capital C and not just FCC. But I guess over time I'm mellowed. And I also learned from Daryl not to react with anger, but with curiosity so that I can understand where the other person's coming from and to better address the issue. Not that I've walked away from social justice, but I'm able to bring people to a point to recognise what we are talking about. Why is this important? And I've come to realise that maybe we misunderstand what is social justice. The words social justice warriors are used in disparaging and derogatory manner. You know, especially when you hear, you know, listen to Fox News or, uh, or watch Fox News or any of the right-wing kind of uh, media. As though that these people are not really fighting for real justice because they are just social justice warriors. You know, that's not real justice. But what is justice? I asked ChatGPT, huh? very, very, quite useful, right? As good as Google, I think some, you know, but it needs to be tempered and analysed. Justice is a concept that refers to fair and equitable treatment of individuals based on a set of moral, ethical and legal principles. It involves ensuring that people are treated justly, fairly, without bias or discrimination. And I must emphasise, you know why it's called social justice or not? Because justice isn't just about the justice system that we are familiar with. Justice is more than laws. Justice is more than a legal system. To get to a place where people are treated fairly, without bias or discrimination, involves more than the legal system. It requires the entire society, it requires changes to a lot of things. Economic systems, cultural, political systems, structures that create and maintain inequality. We need to work against to break those up so that justice and fairness will prevail. That's why it's social justice because it helps us be conscious that it's not limited to the legal system. We should understand that pretty well. 
now. Because 377A is discriminalized. But we're still a long way from LGBTQ folks being treated justly, fairly, without bias or discrimination. The law has changed, but is there justice? No. So at the end of the day, social justice is justice. And really, Jesus had been a social justice warrior all along. His critique of the religious elite, his critique of the impure powers that crush his people, his treatment of the marginalized, how he cared for them, how he loved them, how he treated them, his breaking of taboos, you know, taboos like not touching lepers, he touched them. His interaction with people who are considered tainted or unclean, these were all acts of justice. These were all social justice things. Because taboos are social norms. And he broke them. Psalm 89 verse 14 says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Because God is just. And what did the prophet Isaiah command? Isaiah says, Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and please the widow's cause. These are the concerns that the prophet proclaimed that the prophet spoke on God's behalf. And Micah, my favourite verse, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? I don't see the work of justice as an extracurricular activity. It is part and parcel of who we are called to be as followers of Jesus. I am passionate about justice because it is how I understand Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is how I understand the kingdom of God to look like. And I use the word kingdom of God and some people who are maybe new to FCC or who have not heard it before will go, huh? Not kingdom of God, man? And once in a while someone will ask me why we use kingdom instead of kingdom? I think many of you actually want to ask a question, but perhaps you are too shy to ask. Or maybe it's not that important to you. Or maybe you get it, right? Wow, you know, that's, that's so accurate. Kingdom rather than kingdom. So, I want to ask, why do you think we use kingdom of God instead of kingdom of God? And somehow I got a weird feeling that um, you all... Many of you already know the answers. Why do you think we use kingdom of God instead of kingdom of God? It really moves me. You know, sometimes when, when um, we think about constructing a sermon, sometimes we wish that, you know, maybe I will wish that you don't know the answer. So when I reveal, like, ta-da! Right? But the Every time that I'm surprised that you know, the, someone gives the spoiler away, right? You know, like the ending of the last, the last episode or something. And then I go like, oh, 
then you took away my punchline in some way. But I don't feel that you took away the punchline. I feel so moved that you know that after all these years, we collectively are aware, we're woken to God's calling for us. So why do you use kingdom? Kin kinship, people, peace, love, children, brothers, sisters of God. Kingdom implies a hierarchy. Yeah, you're taking off what I'm going to say later already. Lah. Family, instead of archaic hierarchy, first realize everyone's equal. Hey, you're filling up my script, right? Family, relationships between God and us and each other. Oh, some of the things I haven't included in my sermon. Family, inclusiveness, instead of a fixation on one king at the exclusion of all. Kin is family. The Lord said it's not good for a man to be alone. Well, that is applicable to another situation, but we are all supposed to be social. We're not meant to be solo creatures, right? We're part of God's family. King implies top-down authority. Kin implies equality and mutuality. Yes, because Jesus called us friends and not servants. Uh-huh. Decentralization. Hmm, that's an interesting one. Uh, but yes, decentralization so that all of us have the responsibility. All of us belong. All of us belong to continue to participate in bringing this kingdom of God to reality. Right? That's not to say that kingdom is the wrong word to use. Right? There is a reason why it's described in that way. Now, where did this term come from? Um, Latino theologian Ada Maria Isassi Dias, um, she was the professor emeritus uh, of, uh, of ethics and theology at Drew University. Uh, she passed away a couple of years ago. She introduced the word kingdom to public discourse, but she learned that from her friend, the Franciscan sister, Georgine Wilson. Ada Maria Isassi Dias talked about a lot of talked a lot about understanding God's vision for humanity, that the gospel is an invitation to move from the language from the kingdom of God to the kingdom of God. And the place of and way of being in which all of us are invited, and there is enough for each one of us. The kingdom of God is central to justice and the teaching of Christ and being Christian. These things are interconnected. To me, they, they, are, they, are, they are related to one another. Right? I cannot talk about this without talking to, about that. And it is not because I don't see God as sovereign. I do. But I don't see the model of God's reign like a kingdom. Because a kingdom has a lot of implications of a hierarchy how everything is ordered. But that doesn't reflect how I see the kingdom of God that Jesus describes. That what Jesus describes sounds more like kingdom. Right? Jesus didn't call himself king. If you followed through our Good Friday service, who were the ones who called him king of the Jews? Those who crucified him. 
Jesus used the words kingdom of God because it is meant to be in direct opposition of the other kingdom, the Roman Empire. Like what Gary shared on Palm Sunday, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and her coat because that's the opposite of the other parade marching into Jerusalem where the Roman governor marches in on an imperial war horse. Look at the picture. The donkey and her baby colt. What does that symbolize? Not imperial war and the dom- using military might to dominate. It symbolizes family, kinship. Throughout Jesus' teachings, Jesus says a lot about being family than being a kingdom, a kingdom. This is one of my favourites from Mark chapter 3. Here are my mother and my brothers, for whosoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. This is how Jesus relates to us identifies with us. Not like some king and his subjects. We use kingdom because it better reflects how God's reign that Jesus keeps pointing to is revealed. It is a rejection of the idea of a kingdom where there's a hierarchy of value. Some are worth more than others. And because there's a hierarchy, there will always be competition, elbowing, jealousy, conflict, trying to climb up to the top. And this is also seen in how the disciples behaved. They haven't gotten it yet. But when we proclaim and when we accept that first realize everyone's equal, as kin, as family, then God's ring means that there is mutuality, cooperation, sharing of what we have so all of us can become fully alive. When we see God's ring as the kingdom, then we realize social justice is justice. And it is in this way that we will live out Jesus' command to love one another as He has loved us. This is my commandment, Jesus says, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this until they lay down their life for one's friends. It is a big ask to lay down our lives for the people around us. But when we see each other as kin, family, then that will be quite a natural thing to do. But baby steps. And it's important to take baby steps. First, recognizing someone who might look different from us, speak differently from us, think differently from us, are our family members. One of the things that we are going to start on doing um, is care. And I really appreciate shooing for feeling so strongly about it to bring up to the church leadership. 
care is a group that we want to look at how we can be kin to one another, whether it is about praying for one another or visiting each other in hospital or taking care of one another. We want to begin that journey of doing that. And we are already doing that, but we want to have it structure and give it resources. So care, you know, acronyms again, counting on all, relying on everyone. This is how we can be family together. But that's just the beginning of what we do for each other within this community. We need to move also beyond this community. I picked the hymn, right, um, that we started off today. God will delight when we are creators of justice and joy. I want to ask all of you to pray for me. Because today, after service, I'm going to be going down to the um, annual general meeting for TWC2. TWC2 is the NGO Transient Workers Count 2 that promotes fair treatment of migrant workers. I'm running for, uh, to be a member on their ex-co. Um, I've been, I was invited a couple months ago to consider. Uh, and this is aligned with what I hope I can do. But it is not some glamorous job. It's not something that, you know, it's a, um, but rather it is actually very boring, right? Um, when there are requests and approvals required, we have to do due diligence and look at the circumstance, you know, sign off whether, you know, we're going to spend some money or there's a request from a migrant worker one, with certain medical needs and whether we are able to support that. Part of the Exco's responsibility is to exercise good judgment, right? It's not a glamorous thing, but it is a small thing that I can do to participate in the work of the kingdom of God. I do this not because I'm a social justice warrior. I think people can call me that, but that's not what, why I do it. I do it because I am a follower of Christ. And that will be what Jesus will have done. To care for the least amongst us. I think that's the core, right? Whatever you do for the least amongst you, you do for me. And I've come and took a while to see these migrant workers as my siblings. Not easy to get here. I'm privileged. I'm Chinese in Singapore. You know, when it gets too hot, like this morning, it was very humid. I was perspiring and I was just, I want to get to aircon fast. That's what on my mind. And then I had to catch myself and wonder. I wonder how migrant workers experience this humidity and this heat. Because they are my siblings. I do this because I want to participate in this work. Because through this, I become fully alive. I become able to move my ego aside, the selfishness, and become a vessel for God to use, to serve, to love. And I hope in what I do, people see the glory of God. 
So pray for me. Thank you. Amen. Good morning, church. We have come to a time of Holy Communion. So let's prepare our hearts and quieten our minds and hearts. But yet be fully alive, fully alive and contemplative. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC and you do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. When Jesus sat at tables and broke bread with the tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites, and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence know no bounds. Through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom. Everyone together, please. A kingdom kingdom where where all are welcome, all are worthy, worthy, and and all are are invited. invited. A kingdom kingdom where lives are transformed and empowered, and the fruits of God's God's gentle justice justice bloom throughout creation. All people, including each of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by this presence of God in this place. Together, we remember remember that God, God Jesus, Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with five loaves of bread and and two fish. At this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full, and there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy Holy God, God, we celebrate celebrate your abundant care care and solidarity revealed in this this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As a woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy Holy God, God, we we celebrate celebrate your gracious inclusiveness revealed in this meal. At these meals, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice, and violence of society. They lived out instead the kingdom of God, a place where love, justice, and mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people liked Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They said, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread and after giving thanks to you, holy God, 
he broke it and gave it to the disciples, this time saying, do this to remember me. After the meal, he shared the wine, gave thanks, and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. Will the stewards please come forward? to distribute the elements. We will partake the elements together. Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolized his broken body and the wine his blood. 
God, God the kingdom, kingdom of God, God persisted and persists today through the many people who seek to be your resurrection community. Holy God, in the sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's partake the elements together. Gracious God, all together please. Gracious, Gracious God, God, may this meal be for us, an Emmaus meal, where we encounter your presence in the sharing of this food, as the disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, holy God, so we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples. And may, may we share in your kingdom, kingdom of love, justice, and mutuality with those around us. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I'd like to welcome everyone once again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. I have to say I was definitely jolted alive during the technical difficulties just now that I had to go and consume some sugar so I have energy to like run up and down and everything. But I would like to thank Pastor Miak for the sermon. I'd like to share part of a poem. Okay, I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that they spent alive on earth. And now only those who love them know what that little nine is worth. So indeed, you know, I think being alive, what does being alive mean? I think whether you feel that you are half dead, half alive, or whatever state of mind you are in, you just need to remember three alphabets, B, C, D. Life is the choices we made between birth and death. Every day we are given the choice, and every day the choice is in your hands what you want to do with it. So let's hope that as followers of Christ, whether we choose to go out and be social justice warriors, or we choose to just you know continue to... Uh, grow our faith in God in a safe community like FCC, it doesn't matter what we choose to do, but just know that God is always with you. Okay, welcome once again to the Sunday service of FCC. If you're new to us, welcome home. So we have a newcomers meeting every month. This month, April's newcomers meeting will be on 23rd of April, immediately after service. If you are new to us, you may scan the QR code or go to fcc.ly slash welcome. Fill up the form. Uh, staff or the pastors will reach out to you to find out how FCC can better serve you.
So now we have come to the giving segment of the service. So as you can see on the slide, there's actually uh, two QR codes. One will be for the FCC General Fund, one will be for the FCC Building Fund. I think during uh, April's update, it seems that our, the giving is a bit uh, behind this time round. But given the economic uh, circumstances, I mean, going on in the world and everything, we understand, but we hope that we can still, you can still give generously to us. So you may give by scanning the QR codes to the general fund or the building fund, or you may give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Giving by credit card costs, uh, uh, costs a platform fee of around 1.5%, and it only goes to the general fund. Uh, for those on site, if you want to drop something into the collection bag, you may just raise your hands. But before the stewards go and give around the collection bags, let's pray. God, indeed, uh, we give thanks to you. I think sometimes we pay lip services by claiming that we are your followers, but our actions do not follow. But you remain the patient, God, that keeps us company and waits for us to respond to your love. God, as we live each day, may we not be lukewarm followers of you, for we know there's so much more, so much more that we can do and so much more you're calling us to do. And we, as we give of our offerings to you, both financial time and effort, we continue to uplift all these things onto your hand and that us continue to ask for your guidance and your wisdom and continue to ask for an obedient heart in all of us that we may indeed be truly your followers. In Jesus' most precious name we pray and give thanks. Amen. May the stewards please come forward and distribute. Pass the offering back around. You may raise your hands if you want to drop something into the bag. Okay. Now is the announcement segment of the service. First, if you think you have lots of gifts, talents and knowledge and experience and you like to share all these things with the church, you may volunteer to host an ACE event. What is an ACE event? ACE stands for After Church Event. So I think, I mean, during the COVID time, we couldn't gather together. Uh, now, now that uh, restrictions are all lifted, we like to... Uh, have opportunities for us to come together as a community so that you do not stick to just your cell groups or just your ministry, but to get to know more and more people within the church itself. So if you'd like to host an ACE event, so far we had, we had kimchi making, we had some health healing kind of thing. We had, we, last year we had some prayer rope making, etc. etc. You may email to info at freecomchurch.org if you'd like to offer your talents and your gift to host an ACE event. Want to make a difference? Join the FCC social media team. I think, uh, I mean, with COVID, we all know that how important online presence is. Uh, FCC currently has got a website, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Do we have Twitter? I don't know. I don't follow all the social media channels of FCC. But if you think that you are very social media savvy, and you are very creative, you can drop a message to Pauline at info at freecomchurch.org to join the social media team so that the younger generation can be
be reached out to. I think the older, older generation, never mind, like, you all just come to church can already. So <laughs> we want to reach out to the younger generation through the social media uh, yeah, of, of FCC. Okay, the church retreat is happening on 2nd to 4th of June 2023. It's going to happen at Batam. So you may register at fcc.ly slash church dash retreat or scan the QR code. The room rates uh, is going to be for three days, two nights. Room rates, single occupancy, 400 per pax. Twin triple sharing, 350 per pax. Child with bed, 218 per pax. Child with no bed, please don't torture your children like this. So ignore that option, okay? It ends at child with bed only, 218 per pack. So minimum 218 per pack. So please, uh, if you are interested, please register. And if you do find yourself maybe in financial difficulty, you find that uh, maybe it's a bit too expensive, uh, please just approach the pastors. Uh, we'll figure a way out to subsidize some of the costs so that we want as many people to come and uh, join us in this retreat as possible. And our retreat speakers will be Ta-da! We'll not be our pastors. Yay! So they get to take a break. We get to take a break. Okay? So the two speakers will be uh, Reverend Maria Ling. She's the Associate Priest of Grace Church in Toronto. And then her husband, Dr. Lim Sui Hong, is an Associate Professor of Sacred Music of Emmanuel College. So I think uh, uh, they are both very, very uh, gifted in their own field. And I think there will be a lot of... Uh, things that we can learn from the both of them during this retreat. So do remember to sign up. Uh, there is a deadline to sign up by, I think it's 2nd of May, if I'm not wrong. So please uh, sign up as early as possible so that we can make all the, logistically, all the logistical arrangements as early as possible. So today, uh, there's lunch kakis. In case you are not familiar with, with what is lunch kaki, actually, kakis means lake in Malay. So... <laughs> so, uh, Lunch Kakis is an initiative by the FCC Welcome Team. If you are new here, if you are new here, I know there's some connotation in that, in, in, in the Chinese phrase that I just said, okay? So, uh, if you are new to church or if you do not know that many people in church and you feel very paisay to go and eat lunch alone, please just go to the back of the church immediately after service. Today's Lunch Kaki partner will be Daniel who is raising his hand. Daniel, Daniel. Yeah, so he'll be the lunch kaki today. And then he can bring you down to the coffee shop to have a lunch. Okay, so before we oh before we end, I'd like to also inform you that Pastor Miak will be on leave from Thursday, from this Thursday to next Wednesday. So unless in uh, life and death emergency, please don't contact him. Let him have his break. Okay? And next Sunday we actually have another guest speaker. It'll be Rabbi Rabbi Miriam from the United Jewish congregation, which is a, hang on, hang on, I wrote something down. Ah, never mind, forget it. Uh, it, uh, it it's, a, it's, a, it's a progressive, it's the only inclusive and progressive uh, Jewish community, congregation in Singapore. So please do come and listen to her sermon uh, next week. Uh, so before we end, we would like to celebrate April birthday babies. No, I have. Poor Jamie, she must be so <laughs> a lot going on in her head um, to manage uh, um, when uh, we have technical difficulties and all that. Um, and I hope that you, all of you, uh, more of you show up next week um, to welcome um, uh, Rabbi Miriam. 
um, Pauline and I are great friends with uh, Rabbi Miriam and, and her partner, uh, and husband, uh, Rabbi uh, Benny. Um, and Rabbi Benny actually will be preaching um, in May, um, but it will be, uh, it'll be exciting. So um, we celebrate um, birthdays every month, and uh, this month, the names on there um, is actually from our members' database. Some of you may not be in the database because you're not members of FCC, but we also want to celebrate you. So I would like to invite, you know, you all see, right? Eh? Pauline is, the, is, uh, celebrated above, is celebrating her and celebrated her birthday this month. So Pauline. So I, I don't see the rest here. Hmm. But are there any others who are celebrating a birthday this month and would like to come up and we pray for you as well? All shy. We, we love all of you anyway, right? So join me as we pray for all our um, April babies, especially Pauline. God, we give thanks for the life that you have given us. And the life that you've given to these special individuals amongst us that transforms our community, that allows us to walk with and grow with one another. We want to especially celebrate Pauline and her life and how through her life, through her being fully alive, that we see you and how you work in the world. Through her, how she has touched many lives, through her testimony, how many come to understand what love really is. So as she journeys on, continuing to learn, to love more fully, as she has said before, may we too learn from her how to love fully. So God, we thank, give thanks from Pauline and for Kevin, Mark, Lee Wen, Julia and Zhihao and for all those celebrating their birthdays in April. We give thanks for all their lives and may all of us be fully alive so that we can show your glory to the world. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wait, are they playing the, the music or we just sing? I think we can just sing. All right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pauline. And everyone else? Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you. Stay back for the cake, those who are here in church, and let's have the benediction. May, you, may I invite you to rise in body or in spirit to receive the benediction. So people of the resurrected community, followers of the risen Christ, may you go out to live your life fully 
so that God's glory is seen through you. May you learn, may you grow, may you love so fully that the kingdom of God is manifested here, now and always. So go in love, go in peace and go in justice in the name of the risen Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. We'll see you next week.